that's a good start. Oof. Good way to get people on board. Yeah, open to the yeah, right. A big beep as fucking our short man fades in. <laughs> Which, by the way, also that's the best choice that was ever made since we started doing this. It's so it truly it also like genuinely pulls my heartstrings every time. I'm like ah, Cyrano. Yeah, a one dumb joke that has extended into. I guess if we get popular, we'll have to take it down. But. No, you can. This all counts as radio, my dude. Good to go. You know, try try to come out of some. Yep. As long as we don't put this shit on YouTube, we're clean. Yeah. None of you put this shit on YouTube. <laughs> no, that's fine. Go ahead. Oh, you can. Yeah, you can get shut down. If but... someone cares enough to download one of these and do anything with it, I think we should encourage it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just um. Yeah, slow it down. Or wait, listen, we don't want the national coming after us, all right? <laughs> no, actually, that'd be sick if we found any success and the first thing was like the, the national tried to sue us. Do you know how much support we'd get from everyone? <laughs> so let's go down our beef checklist. We've got the national. We've got Canadian film critics. We've got <laughs> Olivia Wilde. We've yep. got... Uh, the Ion Pack. Ion Pack. Yeah. We need five. Who's the other one that we... We hate. Has there been anyone else? Surely. One of our guests. <laughs> one of our guests. Yep. Which one? Which one? You have to figure it out. Yeah. If you get yeah. it right, we won't tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Hint, they're pivoting <laughs> to a new career. <laughs> Uh, yep. um, some, well, could ed- some could say they're edging. <laughs> yeah. Guess- no, don't you have to beat that? It's too close. <laughs> we have to be good. I have too many. I have too many pokers in the fires these days. You're right. You're right. We're yeah. We're till that good. till that unnamed human being topples themselves will be good, but yeah. they will. It's coming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pride always before the fall. That's right. All right. <laughs> let's talk about cruel workforces today. Let's, let's talk gonna... about Zemeck this four. No, this is five, actually. Oh, five. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, because four has got its own. Oh. So we are, uh, we're, uh, we're going to MoCap Wonderland. We know you've all been waiting. And this episode, um, we're keeping it. We're breaking the the order of things a little bit, as we said at the end of the last one, because we're just gonna do all the mocap in one before we finish out. Yes. Um because we got there's some there's more to be said than people might think. There's a reason for it. And as Will alluded to, we are we are gonna walk you through um the three major mocap movies, which are Polar Express, Beowulf. A Christmas Carol, and then we're going to jump ahead. In the last episode, we are going to cover, I think, what we both probably agree could be Zemeckis' strongest period. Um, we'll we'll see. We'll, we'll see. That'll be revealed when we get there. But it's very important. This, yeah. the 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 films from Flight Tomorrow, and so yeah, that is going to have its own thing. That's how we end because that's how we want to remember our boy. Yep. Yeah. But. Don't think that we're going to be, um, you know, 
casting stones to this motherfucker. We're we just have to do it this way. So it'll be the three we mentioned plus the witches mm-hmm. and a little movie making the rounds called Pinocchio. Pinocchio. Motherfucker mm, Pinocchio. And <laughs> starring Lorraine Bracco. Lorraine, yeah. Pinocchio. <laughs> that was my that was the best part. We'll get there. Let's get oh yeah, on. right. Well there's you're gonna like this one. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. But let's we'll, we'll do it. Let's go. And we'll also mention one that never got made. Yep. Briefly. So let's take it from the freaking top. First up. Let's hop aboard the the choo choo train rolling through your town. Okay. What is that? Will's looking at his frosted pane, his hands and face pressed against the glass, <laughs> his soft breath glowing against the pane. Unable to hear the sound of a bell. What ching, will ching, I do? Ching 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 ching. What's ching, I, are you making a sound? I can't hear it. Ching ching ching. <laughs> and. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't you know it's the polar express pulling in to non-believer will's hometown yep. um well let's just start her off i love the start of this movie because it takes us back and we we're gonna listen this guy likes to call reference to his movies it takes us all the way back to old 1941 when our boy like the bo- our boy, yeah, the boy. I don't know. He's our boy. The boy in the movie is uh, doubting Santa. So at one point, you all know this story. I'm not gonna explain it, but he goes to like a little dossier he keeps about why he remembers that Santa is not real. Yeah, which and is pretty sick. And there's a couple memories where he's pulling his mask off or his beard or whatever. And then right in the middle of that is a newspaper mm-hmm. saying Santa's on strike which we recall from 1941 yep. we're off I guess we have to do a double feature of both of those at the draft house I get the at the draft house <laughs> yes 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 <laughs> um yeah I think that's I mean, a this, great this movie's cool the, I, I really outside of literally I mean really it really truly is only one moment for me that for lack of a less stupid way to say it on the topic that derails the thing. Yeah. I think, you know, does it want a certain rock star? Yeah. It's the fucking hard, long camera zoom into goddamn Steven Tyler's mouth while Aerosmith plays at the fucking North pole for some reason, which is so crazy. Technically just Steven Tyler is an elf. Oh, okay. My bad. Sorry, they didn't call the rest of them. They were busy. (laughs) Well, sorry, just Steven Tyler is in there, but it's just so crazy, too, at the time, because he he had already fallen so far from being culturally relevant. (laughs) And I really really just don't understand how it happened. I'd love to know. Like, are they buds somehow? Is it, like, somebody's you know, I don't know. Somebody's cousin is like related to Zemeckis and was like, yo, my buddy Steven is sad because there's this meme going around about him being like the bad mom that will like buy your kids alcohol. Could you throw him a bone and put him in that 
mocap movie you're making. He'd love to see his massive mouth on the big screen. <laughs> I mean, I'm with you. It's pretty weird. It's really weird, but that quickly ends. And also, I do like that part because that's when they use the for Chicago connections when they use the Pullman factory for the train station there from here here from Chicago, which is fun. Yeah. Like yeah. I mean, so I just look at that now. I just focus on things like that and try not to look at Steven or hear that abysmal song. <laughs> it is really, really fucking strange. Sometimes yeah. Demacus, these musical moments don't hit the way he might want you to, uh, i.e. the witches. We'll get to that. Yeah, we will. <laughs> um, but, you know, he's, I don't know, he's hes doing, he's just being, being a, a fucking weirdo, I suppose. And the more these things as we, like, dig deep, these flaws, they do stick out sometimes like sore thumbs. But I almost wonder, and especially when we get to a certain tightrope movie, um, I wonder I how much I wonder how much he's just trying to make it repugnant. Oh, you'll you're gonna be excited about the revelation I had at two forty five a.m. this morning regarding that that movie. But um, oh, I'm pumped. Okay, it clicked. Right. It clicked. It clicked so hard. Like I bolted up in the chair I was sitting in, scared my cat off my lap. <laughs> I was like, oh my fucking god, duh. But yeah, we'll okay. get there. But I'm excited. Okay, well, then we're done talking about the Polar Express. Beowulf's good. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> We are not skipping Beowulf, that's for yeah. fucking sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, this movie, like, we we alluded to it early on, Eddie Deason's back, which is great. Um, basically we also reprising his role from I Want to Hold Your Hand. Yeah, which is I mean, awesome. the movie is kind of a remake of I Want to Hold Your Hand. It is in a lot of ways. It really is. They're just yeah. trying to sneak into Santa's factory if, yeah. you know, it's the same as the Beatles. And yeah. I wonder, yeah, that might have got him interested in it. I mean, because he yeah, certainly I feel like it's that like he combined that with, you know, the crux of the the book. He just has to do the bell thing. He's like, all right, I'll just make my other movie if that's cool with you guys. Yeah, I mean, he's clearly just I think wants to play with this technology. Yeah, no, he's just hot for it. But I don't think it's just that. I get I got annoyed rereading a bunch of reviews because so many of them, even the positive ones, literally just talk about that. And that's a weird way to review a movie to me if you're an actual film critic. I would agree. I'd agree. That's pretty weird to just be like, this. the effects were fucking incredible. Four out of four. What? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, in 2004, though, this was like... I oh, mean, yeah. It was just like, this was a big deal. And I think a lot of people in the industry feared and, and or were excited that this was going to change the game. Now, well, we'll get to what happens but like he um i mean for all intents and purposes he is starting something that we're still seeing today and whether or not it changes the industry it changes zemeckis as a filmmaker and he learns to use this in a way that's not just in like the mocap tank yep no it's very much his own thing because no one else no one else did it this way or this to this extreme of a level at all, really, because everyone else used it to put into movies that were doing other things, you know, Lord of the Rings and shit or whatever. 
like people are using mocap for that or even fuck like where the wild things are you know like they're using mocap for like some of the best ever i will say combination practical and um mocap is in that movie but no one else was really like nope i want to do 100 <laughs> percent motion capture and see what happens I, yeah i mean it is very experimental if you can look at it that way i mean it's yeah. um it's it it definitely is a major artistic statement whether or not you find this to be one of his stronger films um and especially you know it's like this guy's coming off of doing uh four years ago castaway and has now decided to focus his attention here and this is kind of where the rest of our story goes you kind you have to it has to be laid out here this is uh this is a new chapter in zemeckis and exploring a genre that we like to call and name our podcast the oscar bait genre but we'll get to that so i do real quick i just want to say connected to castaway because i was talking to someone about polar express and they were like yeah it's a fine movie and i have a good time but i don't see how you could find anything to actually talk about with it connected to Zemeckis or otherwise outside of the effects. And then it popped into my head. The ending of this is not that dissimilar to the ending of Castaway, in my opinion. Not at all. And it's that same heaviness, depending upon how you look at it. But to me, at the end, right, because what we're left with is this boy who goes on this journey successfully, right, as far as he sets out to figure out if Santa is real or, you know, quote, unquote, Hope is real, seeing is believing, that kind of shit. And at the end of it, he can hear the bell, right? So he has found faith. He has found the ability to believe in things again. But his sister can't hear the bell. The other kids can't hear the bell. The adults, of course, can't hear the bell. So we're really what we're left with is kind of someone like Tom Hanks at that crossroad whose life has been altered insanely so drastically because he was in a completely different world from everyone else around him and now he's back and knows he really can no longer exist in their world and even though i guess polar express is supposed to play happy ish um to me that's what zemeckis is doing and he's showing this kid who's now i guess in this world enlightened in some way but nobody else around him is right so he's now on a lonely island, essentially, right? Like he's, right. he's now he's now unable to connect with the people who he's closest to in theory any longer because he saw something. I think much like contact, like all so much of Zemeckis' stuff. This like I think is just as heavy as any of the others. Yeah, he might have fallen, hit his head on that radiator, and just you know <laughs> gone to sleep like uh, the kid. <laughs> And uh, go to the head of the class and like, <laughs> like, because it's weird. You're right. It, it's, it is all that, but it's like the inverse normally where uh-huh. normally the Zemeckis protagonist is trying to get out of this kind of fake fantasy world. And now this kid's being plunged right into it. I mean, if you're a kid, it looks the opposite, but yeah, you know, sorry to spoil, but Santa's not real. So I think like, <laughs> You know, I a lot of people, a lot of our listeners just dropped their uh, Twizzler bites. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It's I just yeah. think there is. I kind of love that. 
again to the same person I was talking to was like I I like it but it makes me want to watch international kids movies because they have so much more respect for the viewers and we're having that kind of conversation and I was like to me this fits with those because yeah. this again where this movie ends you're remembering it happy because you're told that's what it is, right? Like the cultural narrative is that it's a happy ending. He makes it home. Everything's good. He can hear the bell. But again, he is now isolated. He is now, and whether or not, because Zemeckis always puts that in, whether or not he just hit his head and had a dream or he actually went to the North Pole and had this experience, whatever happened to him changed him forever. And now he can't relate to anyone he lives with. Yep. <laughs> that yeah. sucks. That yeah, he, he's like the he's like the prequel to a normal Zemeckis character story. Yeah. Uh, he is. yeah, so I think on this rewatch, this one finally I've always liked it, you know. I didn't um it never excite me though, but rewatching it this time, I was like, man, not only does this fit into the Zemeckis verse, this is a huge part of it. Yeah. This is the one for the kids. He's like, I'm gonna teach some kids how to be depressed. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a very funny way to like continue his trajectory of storytelling and uh kind of starts his idea of breaking down myth making. Hmm. Hmm. Well, but yeah, there's um, not there's not much else on that one for me. Also, this will be Eddie's last time. Eddie's last time. Oh, Eddie. Eddie, <laughs> Eddie, Eddie. Oh, bud. Well, if things change we we promise you we'll bring Eddie Dees in for the uh, ribbon cutting ceremony at the draft house. Yeah, the ribbon cutting ceremony at the draft house. If things <laughs> if Eddie recovers, makes a startling recovery, yeah. we will uh, we'll bring him on. But yeah. we will be hiding most of the valuables. <laughs> zing, zing, doing our boy dirty after all it. the Dees and love. He'd love it. He'd love it. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. I know exactly which which uh, funeral homes to break into to steal from. <laughs> this is where you fade in the the a horrible when uh, Beyonce and Josh Groban performed the Polar Express song at the Academy Awards. You can fade that in over that impression. <laughs> I mean, do you think that it's Zemeckis' fault he turned the way he did because of I want to hold your hand? Maybe. The seeds were planted then. Yeah, created a little thief. <laughs> <laughs> oh Eddie, we really do hope we, we just we love you, if we for love some, you man. Yeah. some insane reason this comes across your desk. It's only love. <laughs> it's only love. We we really are hoping the best for you. Uh we think you're amazing. And it's it's truly no joke. It, it is sweet hearing his voice in the movie. It is, yeah. Um, and uh I you know, I love that shot of the fucking ticket going oh. all I mean, it's just that's what you do if you're going to do a mocap movie, like do yeah. some crazy ass shit like that. It's sick. Like, look, if you can't, if, if you're a person who's so stuck on the quote unquote dead eyes, which I don't even agree with, but if you're stuck on the dead eyes, just focus on everything else. Cause everything else is fucking awesome. Yeah. And the dead eyes can also work for the movie if you want to make it that way. Cause like there is like the movie is sweet and it kind of has that like Norman Rockwell vibe, but when they get to the North Pole, the North Pole is anything but looking like a cheerful place. It looks like a a shipping industry part of Chicago on the South Side. Uh-huh. Like it, look, it looks lifeless, and I don't think that's like by. I think it is by design. I think it's like 
he is not giving you this like like uh just like covered in snow and tinsel and uh poinsettias and stuff everywhere it looks like a shipping factory town where where these elves are you know in these tenements that they have to keep working for creepy tom hanks santa and it's dark it's a dark movie yeah it's and it's not like it's just like no one saw like i think he is trying to give us a little dose of uh a little dose of darkness there thanks Um, so anyway we love it if if you haven't if if you if you think you go you put polar express to bed forever you know i would say whether at home or if it does show sometime give it another shot with a different just truly bring your jaded adult eyes to it yeah Yeah. you know and let the parts that are swelling and borderline inspiring or whatever let those parts affect you also but you'll see a lot that is very intentionally put in there that maybe it maybe you don't remember yeah and if it's a real fucking movie it's a real fucking movie yeah enough of your yeah enough of your trad letterbox posts on zemeckis Step one, delete your letterbox. I'd never read a single Zemeckis letterbox anything until we started doing this, and man. Dark. What I found with the craziest thing has been the confidence of people is weird. Well, everyone's a film critic now. I'm the biggest Zemeckis head in the fucking universe, but this is, a, you know, like drooling, uh, just crazy shit. Like people going the fuck off and so many people saying well it's no surprise the witch is this terrible he hasn't made a good movie in 20 years okay bad news for you all we are the real Zemeckis heads <laughs> and we will have the cv to prove it very soon so <laughs> sit the fuck down <laughs> just yeah as john said delete delete your reviews start with a clean slate trust me this is what we're saying with this you want to take our word right now yeah and you, you want to hop on the polar express and Join us to our next stop, which is back in back in time. Where are we headed? We're headed to somewhere. I don't know. I don't even know where the fuck this takes place. Oh, uh, well, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. It's so funny. Just like make a, much... just make a Denmark noise. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know what that is. Uh, yeah, if if you have a tough time understanding or seeing any value in uh, the Polar Express, might we direct you towards the follow-up, Bear Wolf. Which I think is, I, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think both of our biggest surprise in this whole affair. Like you, you yeah. said you remembered it more positively than me. I kind of just neutral remembered it, but... I, I think of everything we've both flipped shit the most. <laughs> I think, well, there's one thing that makes me flip shit a little more, but it's not a whole movie. But yeah. uh, it's uh, this is a whole movie that is quite good. Like, so Beowulf like, right now, disturbingly good. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking amazing. This is amazing. This is immediately top of the heap. <laughs> well, I always thought Christmas Carol was like his most like accomplished and maybe using that mocap. Well, we'll get to it. But like this one, I, I did remember it positively, but seeing it again was just like, wow, this is him going full. Like this is full on Zemeckis. So y'all know the story. We got motherfucking Beowulf having to fight Grindel. 
the monster mm-hmm. you've read this poem or haven't uh can I, can I go into the the prehistory of the movie a little stuff i didn't know until i watched this take it away so, in 1997 uh neil gaiman and Roger Avery, uh, you know, known manslaughterer. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Get his ass. We we have to take down the competition in podcast movie world right now. So. Oh shit! I forgot he he does the one now. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, yeah. I don't really I don't really have any beef with Roger Avery. <laughs> it's a good way to start. No, um, we like him. He's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Neil we'll Gaiman and Roger Avery. Yeah. In '97, wrote their draft of Beowulf. They were excited. Roger Avery was going to direct it, and shockingly, Zemeckis was actually going to produce it at that point. Yeah. They would had already come together, I'm sure, because image movers or something. Um, right, right. But it kept getting shelved and moved around. So Roger Avery went and made one of my favorite not-good movies that I love with all my heart and soul, The Rules of Attraction. Um he went and made that you would movie. Love that. You would love that movie. Oh, I love it so much. I'm not shocked by that. <laughs> oh, I know. And I'm not shocked that that movie probably makes you want to kill yourself. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but so my favorite little tidbit from all of this is uh, in an interview, Zemeckis was like, yeah, I don't like the poem. <laughs> He's like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't really like the poem, but I liked their screenplay. That's what got me interested. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah, straight up. No, he's, he doesn't like the poem, which makes perfect sense. It shows how, how all of this happened because the shit before we even get to like all the visuals and what's so magical here, the shit they decided to change is absolutely fucking amazing. Like the biggest to me being the humans are the monsters. They make it very clear that the monsters are monsters only because of what the humans did to them and to their worlds. Mm-hmm. They humanize poor little Crispin Glover's sad character <laughs> very much. Oh, it's it's um, very sad. He's very sad. I was they not. Very, they add sad monsters. There were no sad monsters in the poem. No, not at all. No. Uh, Grendel also doesn't isn't described as like. Uh, uh, I don't know, like some sort of like bulging, pus-filled, syphilitic like thing. It's he's so disgusting. And his, his poor like pulsating raw eardrums. Oh god, that well, that really. There's a there's a couple of moments for a CGI movie that made me wince. Yes, too, specifically, yeah. This is, you know what? We you can even appeal to a gore hound with this movie in a couple of moments. It's and pretty it's nasty. Thirteen. Yeah, it's pretty nasty. And they also they also changed uh, Angelina Jolie's character is basically a straight up succubus in this, and she is also not that in the original <laughs> in the yeah. uh, original poem. And a lot of uh, mouth breathers said that th- that change especially. Um, was because Zemeckis and Roger Avery and Neil Gaiman think that the women are the root of all evil and they destroy everything. But as always... Try to challenge that, people. (laughs) As always with Zemeckis, what he's interested in is stupid fucking dudes who can't control themselves. Yeah. And it is not the fault. The movie movie doesn't suggest that at all. Not at all, actually. There's 
zero suggestion. If you see that, that's because you decided to see it before you ever sat down to watch it. <laughs> yeah, because you, you, like most of our listeners, hate women. Yeah. 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 Even our women who listen hate women. So. <laughs> oh, now, and I also, before we just have fun, one more, because it connects to one of our favorite things, which is rightfully never stopping to beat the dead horse that is the Clintons. Um. <laughs> I found I found a review um, from this dude named Nicholas Haydock. I don't know who that is. I've never heard of them. Mm-hmm. Um, it might have been like a, a a university press thing or some shit because oh. I couldn't quite figure it out. But Nicholas Haydock uh, <laughs> says because of Zemeckis's previous obsessions throughout his career, which I was also excited to find someone else talking about Zemeckis's political stuff because it's rare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, he says because of his previous interests and where he know, knows he lies politically because of shit like contact and all of that, he says that Beowulf and, and Rothgar are clearly Bill Clinton <laughs> in this movie, a bumbling idiot fool who cannot resist <laughs> any woman flirting with him <laughs> and saying no to their advances, even though it will destroy their empire. <laughs> It's like, you know, I don't know, but I fucking love that. Well, he's one of many, but he's Slick Willie, we know, is the most notable. So, yeah. And we know Zemeckis is not shy about uh, not letting him off the hook. So, as he shouldn't, as he shouldn't, he's not that slick. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's all my, that's all my tidbits. I just had to get in. That's interesting. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's interesting. I mean, I for sure could see like some sort of like, uh, I mean, there's clearly a lot going on in this movie. I, I kind of bummed I didn't get to watch it again because I feel like there's just so much happening in this movie. And um, there's so many things we could talk about. So let's just, let's see. I, I hold on, let me pull the notes open here. Um, I wrote down like in a fever, so much shit. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah let's not i'm just trying to not describe the movie i guess we we allude to we alluded to in one there's an amazing pullback shot yes uh from so the king builds this this is so fucking gay he builds a mead hall (laughs) i'm sorry if you're drinking mead right now you need to talk to a therapist. <laughs> There's something you're repressing. There's you don't like the taste of alcohol. Actually, uh, means all right. Like I said, <laughs> you probably should seek therapy. It's just hideous crap to drink. And can you imagine these motherfuckers getting drunk off mead and like fucking? Well, they already drinking. smell like butthole all the time anyway. Yeah. The truly yeah. literal butthole. That's what people smelled like at that time. I love when the one soldier says to that maiden, she's like, she's like, oh, Grindel, I wonder if we'll hear him coming. And he's like, oh, you're going to hear me coming. Yeah, it's it's the most, I feel like the the quickest takeaway when I was like, fucking giggling, losing my mind as soon as this movie ended, the quickest takeaway was one of the most refreshing things I've ever seen because it feels that truly like clearly Gaiman and Roger Avery were also thinking this, but that Zemeckis was so pumped to run with it is that he was like this whole like genre of like fucking sword and sandal, 
like combined with you know fantasy mythology stuff of these like heroic dudes <laughs> saving cultures and stuff is just stupid and also doesn't exist and all that would it really would have been is really annoying arrogant smelly gross dudes showing up in towns to get wasted and try to fuck everybody <laughs> fight some monsters and it's it's awesome <laughs> it is awesome i and mean that's true like of course you know we can why would, why would that exist why would there be historical figures who were just like well behaved and came to fight your monsters for you as long as you like threw them a turkey leg <laughs> we i hate to say it but sorry sorry you stinkers out there you can now play Zemeckis alongside great american filmmakers that love to break down the american myth like this name's gonna, gonna freak you out john ford that's right clint sometimes walsh Theodore. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. he's he's up there i'm sorry you you had you can't challenge that we don't believe in freedom of speech with our opinions so uh <laughs> that's how it is but he's, uh, I mean, he really is trying to break this down. I mean, there's like moments where a la like Brian De Palma with Mission Impossible, like trying to show Beowulf telling a story, but where he's verbally telling you a lie, but what we see represented on screen isn't, is, is the truth. It yeah, made me yeah. also think a little bit of, not in style, because the way they do it's very different, but filmmakers you're talking about i've thought of Ilya kazan a lot mm. watching this stuff yeah um, except except uh, zemeckis ain't no snitch that's right that's right <laughs> but he may especially like fuck i don't know um you know his james dean stuff especially yeah. but really all of it what's the one called um panic in the streets is that it's called yo, no, god panic in the streets one. like panic yeah. in the streets is what came to my head a bunch and gentlemen's agreement like yeah. Those those movies, he, he plays it more dour, I would say, than Zemeckis does. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, but Zemeckis in his own way, I think they're doing a similar thing where, like you said, you know, a character is saying something, but the film is saying something very different and very clear. Um, what yeah. they actually think is going on. And it's just just more just more argument to put Zemeckis where he belongs with with the fucking masters. Yeah, it's the unspoken code of the filmmaker who, you know, in classical Hollywood wasn't able to communicate their ideas literally. And this, um, it's honestly kind of is one of those things that makes you appreciate censorship sometimes because you're like, well, they had to figure out a way. I mean, they were more poetic. I mean, maybe they would have been that way anyway, but, you know, these filmmakers communicate their images in sometimes less literal ways and more allegorical ways, which we've alluded to. And I think this is really Zemeckis like getting deeper into that. Um, I, I do think that he is kind of that great extension of that era, even though he like stood kind of in opposition to it. Um, along with Spielberg, I would say he's not Eastwood. Eastwood's on his own mountain, but you know, they're they're they really are kind of keeping the uh, the true American Hollywood studio filmmaker alive, mm -hmm. um, and not just being a yes man. Which sometimes, listen, sometimes you got to take a job, and sometimes you get a couple digs in there too. 
Yeah. Uh, I still think there's only one and a half job takes in his whole filmography. Well, we'll, we'll get to those. I, 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 yeah, I can't wait. This is probably the most fun episode we're going to... I mean, we're, the next one is going to be really... We're going to talk a lot because there's a lot to say, but this one's fun. So we had mentioned the pullback from the disgusting Mead Hall <laughs> a la contact through the air to Grendel's... Okay, and you know what? Honestly, I would be as annoyed as Grendel if a bunch of these fucking like yeah. rain fair motherfuckers are drinking mead <laughs> i would be irate <laughs> maybe we're looking into it too much and really at the end of the day zemeckis just like had to move because a rain fair started close to his house and he was like i'm gonna make that fucking beowulf movie finally <laughs> no in all honesty he could be disgusted at the like hyper masculine bro culture of shit like 300 and dudes growing beer oh, i really think he is i think yeah. that's an intense reaction to that yeah because he, you know, there's the the scene that put many a person off this movie that was in the trailer of him going, I am Beowulf or whatever. But he it's says played in, for laughs. It is played for laughs. It is not the movie trying to, to capitalize. Yeah. It's not them trying to just take 300 and do that. <laughs> it's really not. If anything, this is the anti-300 movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, damn. And just even saying that, I like it more. <laughs> Yeah, no, it really, it really, all the, it's a, it's an angry reaction to all those movies. Plus, you want to see Zemeckis' talents purely displayed for you? Think you got to just watch the fight scene with Grendel. This motherfucker <laughs> stages an entire scene. It's okay. In the book or the story, the poem, he does not fight Grendel this way. In the poem, he, uh, he just drops his like sword and shield and is like, I'll fight Grendel that way. In yeah. this one, it's like no weapons, but in this one, he's like, no, nothing, no clothes <laughs> for whatever, just strips down to just bare ass. And the movie is a masterclass in how to hide his hog. It's <laughs> awesome. And not it, only does he fight in that way, though, but before Grendel arrives, he announces to everyone that he's doing this, which is all his dudes who clearly see it all the time. But all amongst all his dudes that work for him, and then Robin Wright Penn's character, he just drops everything, and she sees it and is clearly like, "Damn, I gotta gotta switch over to this." He's a side queen. Full Hawkins sure. there. Yeah. Uh, on side note, we do get to see animated, of course, but Anthony Hopkins Fupa at the beginning of this movie because he's so drunk, and that's an awesome joke to put in. That is a fun joke. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, he gets naked and just lays on the ground while the rest of his people are partying around him, waiting for Grendel. Like, doesn't tell anyone to shut up. He's just like, I'm going to lay here, keep partying so Grendel comes. But he just, like, meditates naked. <laughs> I'm going to start doing that at parties. <laughs> I rarely, I only, I, you know, because I kind of connected with that. Like, my, my mileage for a party lasts about 45 minutes, yeah. an hour, and then I'm like, Ugh. I hate yeah, unless I'm fucking like blitzed. I'm the right. Same. But I don't drink that much anymore. So now parties just like, yeah. like, uh, aren't that. So I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to start lying down, stripping down, just seeing what people think. No, and when you when you do in the first time someone says anything to you, be like, no, 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 keep, keep going, guys. I'm just waiting for Grendel to get here. And then oh, you I'm can good. hear the like stuff spread around the party and everyone's going to be like, who's this Grendel that the naked guy's waiting for? <laughs> yeah, this is. And, and then look, I'm pretty, I'm pretty lanky. 
Like I could be Grendel. I'm pretty lanky, so I'll put we'll build a head for me. <laughs> okay, I see what's happening. We all all right. Will is in trying to get me naked and to fight with him. That he does this a lot. <laughs> and we're not there yet. That that's the highest tier on the Patreon is Will and I will wrestle naked. Well, you wrestled with me while you were asleep once. You just don't remember it. <laughs> oh yeah, Will gave me a little of that Spanish fly. <laughs> Which he tends to do. And that honestly, I understand that that's problematic in most cases, but for us, it's just, it's sweet. Yeah, it just strengthens the bond every time. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like uh, thinking about death every day as a samurai. We think about betraying each other every day. <laughs> it's our exercise. Um, yeah, <laughs> we gotta keep each other. Yeah, we allied really hit for the both of us. <laughs> And uh, um, so anyway, yeah, uh, I think do, you, I, if we went through like scene by scene, we could talk about this movie for days. Let's I'm not. Sure. Let's just say that no, the no, movie no. is just not. Everybody watch it. Watch this shit again. It's a fucking blast. It's really fun. He gives, I mean, Zemeckis and his screenwriters give actual weight to the final monster battle that I don't want to spoil. Awesome. Honestly, it kind of caught my breath a little bit when the re- yeah whatever the reveal it's, it's cool like, and i'm also yeah. like on the, i don't know about with him wholeheartedly across the board but as far as that part of this i'm with zemeckis on the poem this is way better <laughs> this is way better the poem really really phoned it in for the ending snooze <laughs> that's why it's old no one here there's no reference or you know that's why i always say that I only like the newest movies and the newest books and the newest music. Yeah, everything 2015 and up for us. The that's end. right. Just everything, once it's out, it's already old and I'm done with it. Yep. And right. like my my romantic partners. I, yeah, I just, you know, you trade them out for old and new. So, um, sounds like I could use a visit from some freaking Yuletide ghosts yeah, it sounds like you need to learn some lessons that Beowulf didn't until it was too late. And then his longtime right-hand man turns out because of the final moment in true Zemeckis fashion also didn't learn a lesson because he can't resist the boobies either. So we can all connect. visit from the Marley brothers. The Marley brothers. Um, we are going to now journey to 2009's a christmas carol we're going back to christmas land actually we saw scrooge briefly in polar express that's right one of the puppets and there's another puppet on that train with a broken (laughs) nose Hmm. Hmm. could it be the italian wooden boy Hmm. known as pinocchio Yeah, we see we see Pinocchio's phallic nose just chopped in half and dangling uh in That's actually a pretty weird moment. I haven't really cracked yet personally. I haven't processed that one as well either, but it, it is uh, <laughs> I'm not sure. It's pretty weird. <laughs> this guy keeps you guessing. I mean he does, but that's I'm excited though, because I feel like you know, there's never a be all end all. No as far as film analysis. But I feel like we're doing pretty good pulling out lots of, you know, Zemeckis' amazing little things he's planted in his movies. But 
I think at the end of this, the one we're still not going to know, maybe until we watch these with a big audience, hopefully someday, um, then maybe we can all figure out why the dick nose chomp happens in Polar Express. Maybe we'll get there. Maybe you'll all get a chance to, because we're certified experts at this point and we're still chewing. Yeah, blue check, blue checked. This is proof that you can't just easily do a really long running series on a podcast about a guy. <laughs> there is more to him than we'll ever be able to tap. So, um, but now we're in 2009, a Christmas Carol. Yeah. I don't know what, what can be said. This is Mr. Rubberface, Jim yep. Carrey. He's taken on Scrooge. This is a story that I don't care how you tell it. I'll probably cry. Yep. It's one of the best well, stories uh, ever, ever made. I don't yep. know. I'm a I'm a predictable human and my it's going to be 30s 50s muppets always for me. Yeah. As far as these adaptations go cuz those just can't be touched. But I think this one's pretty fucking awesome. I really do and also I think the biggest thing that matters in connection to Zemeckis universe here is the return of someone very special to this universe for one last hurrah and that's Mr. Bob Hoskins. That's right. Bobby. So we get Bobby back. We get Bobby back. It's so sweet when you know he's in it. You're like, oh, oh. you can feel it too. Yeah. It's got a, it's got a nice voice. <laughs> oh, I almost want to cry thinking about that now. Jesus. Right? Yeah. No, it, that's what I had forgotten. And when I rewatched it, I was like, oh, God. Because I even thought I was like, I'm not going to get emotional this time. Got me. It got me. It got, got me. me. I mean, it's, yeah, there's not. I think. Uh, I think everybody at this point. I think the reviewers who are continued to just parrot themselves uh, and just keep saying "dead-eyed," "uncanny valley," all that stuff. I just think that's null and void at this point. Um, yeah. Like, if you don't like this kind of animation, I get it. Don't watch it. Right. It took me. It took me like 15 years of being an obsessive movie person to be able to finally learn how to intake anime, animation style. Uh, I truly, I was allergic. I still don't know. I fucking, I fucking yeah. hated all of it just because how it looked. Now I love it. I found the way in finally. It took me a long time. But sometimes certain kinds of animation just don't jive with your soul, and that's okay. And if you don't like that stuff, that's fine. But to say that it's because it's lifeless or that there's no passion behind it and all that stuff, that's just fucking boring. Yeah, it's foolish. And really, you just don't like it. That's okay. Don't try to pin it on like artist error because it, it's it's excellent at what it's trying to do. I mean, it it's quite a comedy. Well. Yeah. It's yeah. Quite, I mean, this is, I think, while not maybe my second favorite of the strictly mocap movies, this is definitely, I think, his most technically accomplished. For sure. Like he's nailed the pure mocap fantasy land. Yeah. And I don't think there's much he really does with it that like deep. I mean, everything that he's playing with here, much like his last movie he made, is kind of already there. And he's not really with those with Pinocchio and like um, Beowulf. He's kind of stripping things away with this. It feels like he's injecting more from the Dickens novel and a lot of the the class yeah. issues and the work issues and. Um, you know, he's throwing that all in there and he's finally giving you a, uh, a, you know, despite some of its like spookier moments, a Zemeckis Christmas movie. 
you're kind of getting that visual abundance of Christmas iconography and imagery that you got probably last saw and uh, all around the house. So, you know, it feels so natural because I think we've spent a lot of time talking about this and we're only going to continue more because it's where he headed. But I think as Zemeckis became increasingly obsessed with what you brought up the last episode was people fully in their own universes, in their own heads, who can't see past their blinders. That's what he became fascinated with. Um, And all different kinds of people, people he respected and people he clearly doesn't respect. He was interested in Mm -hmm. anyone who can't see outside of themselves. And so I imagine when this opportunity came along, he's like, well, this is one of the ones that started it all, right? As far as that kind of thing goes, there's not really a more quintessential than a Christmas Carol, you know? Is there a more unfuckwithable story that we all deep within our hearts? Every year. He already loved. He already knew this and loved this stuff, clearly. So, yep. And I think he brought enough to it to make it his own. I don't think it's just a retread either. It's almost like kind of a corrective or a real or the the extension of the idea with Polar Express because, you know, it's this is about not believing in a fake image, the Santa. This is just quit being a fucking piece of shit and uh, just, you know, embrace one day. Just embrace one day to not beat your fucking... Mr. Cratchit or whatever, you know. Lately, I gotta say, the Scrooge guy needs to lay off, Bob. No, he's got, he's got a crippled son. He's yep. got he's barely he can't he can barely cook uh, food. <laughs> I don't know this man. Like, yeah. No, it's tough. It's tough, and all you know, all just because he lost his love because he loved his business more. And that is the ultimate, I was, that was going to cap this with, is like, that is the ultimate thread there. It is that regret. And that has always been the part of A Christmas Carol that breaks me to pieces, is when whatever her name is comes in to uh, see Scrooge while he's, you know, just upset. He's just becoming more and more obsessed, kind of like Tom Hanks in Castaway. But uh, it's 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 very heartbreaking, and you can just feel Zemeckis knows this stuff so well. I mean, he's really good at uh, relationships ending. And yeah. it's um, been a heartbreak. The way they do that idea in this one is the second most hard hitting, I think, of mm. all the adaptations. Because the '30s and '50s ones are fucking great, but they don't hit me as hard with that part of it. They hit me with other other parts of the story but Zemeckis clearly was like yeah man when the love is gone (laughs) you can tell he you know is really whatever it was that he either witnessed happening or experienced happening directly in the realm of relationships destroyed because of decisions you made you know you Mm -hmm. can tell yeah this is a heavy movie it's heavy and they'll never escape the heaviness of uh christmas carol as much even when dummies try it's really hard to escape it um yeah even when albert finney does a stupid musical version of it um it's hard to ignore (laughs) the one i really like is the the made for tv george c scott oh yeah version That, that that one's really good Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we'll do a Christmas Carol episode. Oh, I'd love to because I'm sure there's also a bunch we haven't seen. 
Totally. And I feel like I'm an aficionado of the Christmas Carol. Yeah. But I think we've probably seen most of them between us, but there's got to be shit we don't know about. There's got to be. Look at this. We do this show. We just come up with a new episode. Bam. (laughs) Yeah. We'll do Christmas in July. Christmas Carol in July. Or we'll do it in December because you're not going to get me watching Christmas movies in July. Come on. No. It's better because you see them in a different way. We already might have to deal with Christmas movies in April. That's fine. We'll talk about this later. Anyway. So, uh, Christmas Carol. We like it. It it is good. So, now we take a little pit stop where uh, Zemeckis tries to make what would be his fourth mocap movie. We can't go too far on this because no one's seen it. There's a test footage on the internet, but... Zemeckis wanted to return to his favorite foursome of mop tops, limey, Brits. It's the same thing. But I like calling them limeys. So uh, the Beatles almost come back in his uh, tarnished adaptation of a yellow, or not a yellow submarine. And uh, just when you thought you were going to see the blue meanies, you know, jiggling around and 3d mocap and uh you know i don't know when i'm 64 redone again this time by like the 1975 or whoever the fuck he was gonna make do the music uh, national was good yeah, <laughs> yeah the most snappy <laughs> dripping version of uh hey bulldog good god can you imagine <laughs> So uh, be the so, candy cigarettes of movies. <laughs> I mean, this movie would have probably been sick, right? Oh yeah, it would have been a disaster for anyone with a normal brain, but it would have been a fucking gift for us sick fucks out there. This would have been the ultimate go take mushrooms and go to your local AMC experience. Yeah. There would have been so many people having panic attacks at Regal <laughs> Cinemas. <laughs> yeah, it's true. There would have been a Regal rollout. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he probably wouldn't create a bad acid trip of a movie. Yep, and sadly uh, we'll never know. But let's just maybe if the Zemeckis love finally grows to the fever pitch it should be at, uh, maybe maybe it'll come back around. Maybe when me and John get rich, we're gonna call up our buddy Baba Z and Baba Z shoes <laughs> and. Uh, and be like, look, we know it's not as big as you're used to working with, but we got a cool 20 mil. What can you do with that, that yellow submarine? Our only demand is that it's not the national. It's not the national. Please That's it. Don't. Anything yeah. else, full director's cut. Just no national. No national. Um, yeah, I mean, that would be cool. I, uh, I, I would, I, hmm. I mean, well, what I'll say there is Zemeckis uh, could probably do it with $20 million, as he does a certain movie we'll get to in the next episode that was only $30 million. 31 but... 30 okay. Sure. <laughs> and, um... See, this is what you get when I go research mode on you. I'm ready. I don't like <laughs> it. Proud I knew what you were talking about at least. I, I, okay, I, I, actually, I actually am. <laughs> Not even going to lie there. Um, uh, yeah, well, he'll do 31 million for a movie that should have been like 
200. Yeah, it's it's we'll get to that. That's the one I cannot. But he could do it. That's our that's our white girl mood board for the week because we're slapping up our imaginary IOUs from Dumb and Dumber that equal 20 million on a board and sending it to Zemeckis with our brain powers. Mm-hmm. You know, we both we both uh, have incense going, obviously, at all times. I mean, um, you're looking trippy over there, bro. Your screen yeah, is psychedelic. Sun. Downstairs where the internet's good. There's no delay, so we got to remember this. Because I'm sitting next to the router. Ah, <laughs> you're right. It's there. This is good to know. This is very good to know. Yeah. We'll never, Will will never cut out again, people. Well, see, there's still oh, time. I mean, I am. I'm going to try it here in a minute, too, because there's a table outside. I'm going to sit out there and see if I can chain smoke through the next episode. So, Ooh, that's a good idea. It is nice. you got a lot to get into. Yeah. That's going to be a fun one. Yeah, I'll open the windows for that one. Um, So so, let's wrap it up. Well, kind of. Will, did you text me? The next one will be pretty quick. The next one will be really quick, yeah. And I'll be honest about what went down over the last couple days, because you rewatched, right? The Witches? Yeah. I did, yes. Okay. So a couple of days ago, uh, I told John <laughs> as I was as I told him accurately for the next episode that I had a, a meltdown um revisiting Marwin in a great way. Uh I w- I also said because I immediately I finished Marwin, I uh peed, smoked a cigarette, rewatched Marwin call, of course. And then peed, smoked a cigarette, and then immediately started The Witches, which I, you know, have not seen since it leaked right before it came out. Uh-huh. Uh, and in that crazy days I was in, I texted John uh, right before I went to go see my pups that uh, I think I believe I said like The Witches is also low key good. You said low key. You said low key great. Low-key great. Wow. Uh, I was hot. running hot, huh? You were running hot, yeah. That's what it's mental illness, folks. It's <laughs> very much mental illness, people. But that's we have different forms of mental illness. So it's it, it kind of like that autistic puzzle piece, you know, we we join together. Yeah, because neither of us has autism separately, but together I think we do. I think <laughs> <laughs> with our powers combined. It's not Captain Planet. We are autism. <laughs> Holy shit. I think you cracked it. Hey, all you fans on the internet calling us autistic, but also showing us love. You guys were right. We just didn't couldn't see it yet. Couldn't see it. You all we were like a Zemeckis. Had <laughs> yeah, we're like a Zemeckis movie, and you are us. You saw us for who we are. Shit, you're right. God damn. <laughs> Oh boy. Oh, okay. Well, now we know. Um now we know. So, we're, yeah, we're, yeah. So uh obviously for anyone listening who's revisited it recently or just remembers seeing it, that's not true. It is not low-key great. Uh <laughs> it is ableist, is what it is. Oh my god. Well, give me a second. <laughs> about that. One of my uh, favorite cultural moments. The f- first I wanted oh I just First, want to say what matters in this movie is Stanley Tucci, as always. Stanley he, Tucci is always what matters anytime he shows up. He gets his nuts bit by a witch rat, <laughs> which is a, an awesome <laughs> sentence. And that's where the low key came from when I texted <laughs> you that. So I'll still stand by the statement that the witches is low key 
we just stop there. <laughs> and it's because of moments like that. So basically, this movie, for me anyway, excluding the opening narration, if you take if you take that out, if you take Chris Rock's narration out, and then you just play the movie through all the way right up until little Chris Rock. Spoiler, if you haven't seen it, I guess, because the way they play it makes it seem like it was supposed to be a surprise, I guess. Anyway, <laughs> uh, the beginning of the movie minus the narration up to when little Chris Rock gets turned into a mouse, I am here for 100%. I think it's weird, and I think it's an awesome twist, and also actually closer to the book than obviously yeah. Nick Rogue is, <laughs> you know, we're not going to... Anyone trying to fuck with Nick Rogue can just keep walking always. You're not saying anything bad about that guy. So This has no relevance to that movie. This yeah. movie is a lot closer to the book in a lot of ways. And the spirit of the book, one of the ideas that, oddly, Del Toro and <laughs> Guillermo Del Toro and Zemeckis had somehow with this, was switching, it, switching it to be civil rights era um, and focused on uh, a young black kid which is cool and interesting, I honestly think, with this story, um, but only until he's turned into a mouse. And then they forget everything <laughs> they've been doing. Because uh, up to that point, we talked about it, there's the there's the car crash that uh, is basically flight. Uh, yeah, he, fl he flips that dang camera. Yeah, he flips the camera, and it's really cool and weird, and it's like kind of horrifyingly heavy. It kind of carries the weight, like that parent death kind of carries the weight of early Disney parent death. Like it made it made yeah. me think of in Bambi. Um not even just the moment where his parents are killed, but the moment where like the quail are close to Bambi oh. and he's to and the and they're telling the quail to be calm and not freak out, and the quail can't calm down, so it uh -huh. flies and dies immediately. Uh -huh. It gave me that feeling, like that parent death, which is awesome. That's great. Um, that's a good sign. Yeah, it was good. Like the the movie, I, that's why I got so excited, and somehow I forgot the rest on my way to work. <laughs> but, uh, but that part of the movie, I really will stand by. I think it's cool. I think it's interesting. I think it's a little bit perverse, but in a good way. I even like that first witch's meeting up to the point where he's turned into a mouse. I think it's fun. Oh, um, I mean, he's he's... Yeah, it's the moments when it's not feeling like a Halloween episode of Everybody Loves Chris. <laughs> Damn. Well, yeah. That's right. what it feels like. It does. One, well, it also just made me, like, I know this is lazy because it's the other, that kind of animated mouse movie, but I'm sorry, that one fucking rips. It just made me wish I was watching Mouse Hunt. Like, I just want to recut the witches and turn on Mouse Hunt at that point and then come back for the last scene of the witches, but then turn it off before that fucking song starts. <laughs> yeah. Anytime where he's dancing with his grandma, I could do without. <laughs> it also seems like she's not on set. <laughs> it 100% seems like she is there. But only with the mice. Yeah, 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 yeah. She, uh, Octavia. She's good. Yeah, I mean, we love her, but like, I can't say she's as good as playing off of imaginary things, or sometimes even people in the scene. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, Stanley I don't know. It, 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 I, Octavia ha does not bring a lot to this movie. In fact, there. She's weird. It's we. Yeah, I'm okay because we like her, but 
she doesn't bring really any of the warmth of the grandma character. She doesn't bring any of the terror. Like, I don't know. There's just something. I mean, spoiler, the movie sets it up to be the beginning of the, the raw doll multiverse. Yeah. And they're going to like go hunt, which is, I don't think we're going to get that. I'm going to be honest. Oh. I don't think it's going to happen. We're not going to see the twits meet up with uh, uh, George and his marvelous chicken medicine soup or whatever. It's not going to happen. So sorry, Zemeckis, we'll give you the yellow submarine money, but not the witch's multiverse money. <laughs> oh, I can. I think he was not wanting to probably add that at the end. I think. Uh, no, I don't. Yeah, this feels. It really. It really feels. Um, obviously, I don't know how it went down but it feels like they shot everything that is the moment he's turning to a mouse all the way through the end and they had said to him like you're gonna have to do a couple scenes that we've decided you have to do so we'll shoot all that first get out of the way and it feels like they shot it and then he was like well i'm either gonna kill myself or you guys gotta let me do at least like 20 minutes that are interesting Uh and then he shot the beginning of the movie that's what it feels like and it's really weird that could be that could be i mean there are moments in the movie where it feels like um you know it feels kind of like we're returning to death becomes her territory um yeah with, with the witches and their ma- i mean they're, cool. they're fun it, and like uh what's her butt god here's my Anne hathaway yeah, Anne hathaway's she, accent's hilarious she's pretty i'm not i am on board saying on record not the biggest Anne Hathaway fan. I, I like her. Head? What? What? Havoc head? No, we don't. <laughs> oh, uh, no. <laughs> oh, that movie's rough. Keep well, going. yeah, she's she's got. I don't know. Like sometimes she even ruins our other hero, Jonathan Demi's Rachel getting married for me. Oh, well, we'll fight about that in a future episode. I guess, you know what? I haven't seen that one in a while, but there's something about her that is very um, theater kitty. Oh, it'll, you'll, I think you'll like it, man. I'm going to rewatch it because it's been since it came out. Um, also, that movie's perfect. So, okay. All right. All right. What What about uh, the the one with Meryl Streep, uh, Ricky and the Flash? What do you got to say about that one? Not much. Mm-hmm. Maybe, Not we'll, much <laughs> maybe we'll continue it. Maybe we'll start an American filmmaker series. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. So now well, we'll, I mean, yeah. So the witches. It's it happened. Um, I guess we do have to bring up. But she's good. That's what I was saying. Is she's good. Yeah, she's she's like she's so much fun. The accent's hilarious. Yeah. Um, it's appropriately it appropriately changes pretty often. Mm-hmm. Like she's doing a lot of different Eastern European stuff with a little bit of Italian every once in a while. She's having a blast, it seems. Yeah, and you can feel it. Yeah. Great time. Um, much. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, unfortunately, uh. Some spoil sports, some Debbie Downers wanted to ruin the fun that she's having. Um, and I learned a new term. <laughs> I didn't know about this also. I didn't know about this when it came out. There's a thing I'm told the correct term is limb difference. Is what it's called when you because we're talking about it. Let's say trigger warning, one. trigger warning. Yeah, I, I, I have warning. to do it. I have to do it. You know oh, me. Trigger, trigger warning and content warning. 
Okay, this is, I'm, the new, I'm ready. this is the new hip channel CWTW. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, That's good. Yeah, but so limb limb difference, <clears throat> which if you are watching a movie like this and they take when the witches take off their uh, gloves and have not human fingers, uh, or sorry, not typical. Uh, 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 majority. Ugh, you're gonna get this thing <laughs> shut down. <laughs> uh, or toes. Uh, and instead, your feet or hands look like the witches doing this. Um, then you might be limb different. I guess. Is yeah. No, no kidding. <laughs> I'm sorry. It just. So I guess this movie actually genuinely took a lot of heat for uh, suggesting that that was a scary thing for kids to see uh, arms or or, uh, hands or feet that looked like that. And they were upset that that would be of detriment to the limb different community. And Hathaway even issued a statement saying she was very sorry, especially to children. And that something something like, I didn't know, but now I do and I'll do better or something like that. Um, so really, I guess what we should have opened with is this is, uh, an aberrant movie Yeah, and bad for kids. In fact, all movies with any deformity, get them off our screen. Because if listen, people look, it's not deformity, it's enhancement, you asshole. God damn it. You know what? (laughs) Let me take a bigger issue with this movie that no one wants to talk about. If we're so good at calling these things out. How about uh, bald people being scary? You know what? As a member of that community, I would just like to take a moment and say I think it's depiction of evil having to be bald. I'd like a little bit of visibility. Well, and it's two communities because it looks like bald people with leprosy. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So Will, now Will's Will's targeted. This is fucked up. Uh, the that moment is that moment's awesome when she takes her wig off and Hathaway and pulls the worm out of like the suture on her head and eats it. It's awesome. It, cool. def- it felt like go to the head of the class that moment. It felt like that like goofy. Yeah. Like it's truly, truly macabre. It's great. Truly macabre. Yeah. Yeah. Um well it, yeah. Or, so, or yeah. it felt problematic and made me want to die. One of the two, I'm not sure which. Either way. This movie, like we said, it's got enough to chew on. It's not one of his strongest, but just, you know, enjoy it or don't enjoy it. I I, I don't know. I don't think Zemeckis probably cares as much, but, you know, I, I do. I will say, regardless, even if you get a, uh, a, a slight witches movie, ain't nobody shooting these movies like he is. I mean, yeah. he brings such technical craft to it that is you don't notice because he's so good at it, but you know, you watch any of these other movies of its ilk, you can immediately see why at least you want someone so technically proficient. Handling. Yeah, so at least knows how to make it. Yeah, so what I would suggest is watch it until he gets turned into a mouse and then turn on Gore Verbinski's masterpiece, Mouse Hunt. Finish it out, you'd be fine. I'm not kidding. Yeah, That yeah, is yeah. delivered with zero irony. That movie fucking rips. I mean, you're probably right. I mean, Mouse Hunt oh. is a good movie. Yeah. Mouse Hunt's good as hell. <laughs> Yeah, and also you just get to watch Anne Hathaway chew it up. She's having a blast. She's so having as much fun as... She like, keeps awesome uh, purple potions in her boobs. That's cool. 
which look a little like the potion in Death Becomes Her. Oh, you're right. Hey, okay. So it's all there, you know. It's all there. It's all there. It's all there. And if you want to be mad, let's blame someone who doesn't get enough blame. And this is really, I'll admit it, it's just because I'm still mad about how much Nightmare Alley sucked. But let's blame Del Toro before we blame Zemeckis on this one. How about that? that? Oh, that's right, because he's a producer on it. He's a producer and a writer. And a writer, that's right, which is a great segue hmm. to, I, wow, that's weird. I wonder, though, if this is kind of like they were talking, because some clearly they were working together. Mm-hmm. And now we are in the illustrious year of 2022, and they both have new movies. Yep. Um, we're trying to forget Nightmare Alley, but <laughs> there's a new Pinocchio out by uh, Mr. Del Toro, and there is uh, we, we yeah Zemeckis has delivered his version of Pinocchio that hit Disney Plus. Well, no one likes it, seemingly. Oh. Uh, it is one of the biggest piles on that I have witnessed for a new movie since Welcome to Morrowind almost. Yeah. And I mean, like, the, obviously people have dunked on shitty movies, but, like, what I mean about this pile on is people just seem so eager to say, I mean, as film criticism goes the way of the dogs and we keep hiring on these fucking idiots... And people like me are disgusted and don't want to write anymore because they can't stand the way film. Not like I was adding much to the equation, but I admit a little crumb, a little crumb. Someone said you were a bright spot in the Chicago film scene. That's and that's sweet for those people who want to say that. But I, I truly hate the way film criticism is gone. I mean, we saw it with Forrest Gump. I mean, people will just repeat things that one lazy reviewer because. Like we said, people are afraid of their own thoughts. They're afraid of uh, being wrong. That's probably the biggest thing. Whereas something like Marwin, they were deeply wrong. I guess no one hated Forrest Gump. It was just misinterpreted. But yeah, uh, Pinocchio, on the other hand, boy, ain't had a very good life. And I, listen, it isn't perfect, this movie. I think our man's getting a paycheck. This is his second time working with Disney because Christmas Carol. But now he's in the Disney, you know, stronghold. Like, this is where... Working out the vault. Working out the vault. Yeah, this is where the children are eaten below Magic Mountain. (laughs) He has seen... He's gone too deep into the belly of the beast. Yeah, it's where, like, Walt's cryogenically frozen head, like, a la Futurama lives and, like, with a straw sucks out like children's spine juice yeah he's like the dude in dune that <laughs> takes that little servant and just sucks his blood out yeah yeah that, that's that's where he's at old disney and well let's 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 just kind of dig into it i mean like we'll just say off top this is like we've already stated it this is not his strongest along with the no, witch we're not trying we're not trying to like say this is a misunderstood masterpiece or anything like that anything like that but at least for me a lot of what i've seen and heard people talk about i feel like either one lots of people just straight up didn't watch it or did what everyone loves to do now where they turn on a movie and just text on their phone the whole time and then at the end say yeah man that didn't even keep my attention (laughs) well really (laughs) really because you almost didn't watch it yeah um 
I mean, or the other one um, being that people watched it and made sure to check in with other people, whether online or IRL, before they had an opinion on it. It which feels is, like that. Yeah, um, which probably yeah. is what happened, right? Like, yeah. I mean, this is this is the era of not seeing this movie in theater, and now people can just like sit and drink their little tea and uh, watch their Disney Plus and talk about it. I, yeah, I think you're right. I think people just kind of like tuned out because I do think this movie is maybe not as like quote unquote entertaining as something like The Witches. It is way more fascinating though. I yeah, think. well, this is a lot more perverse. Yeah, very perverse. <laughs> I very think this is the most perverse movie um, that he's made in a long time. Yeah, it's funny maybe how. The most? I mean, maybe. I think this is a very angry movie, and we'll point out some things. I mean, I will say it's funny how lifeless, like, people in this movie do look, but it's not like the other Disney movies, like like, like that Lion King fucking thing they did. Well, that uh, was truly, like, that movie felt like it sucked the life out of me. But um, no, Right, but no one piled on it like they did. No, they were just like, why did you do that? But they, but they still tried to like it and they because you know beyonce did the soundtrack or whatever yeah so they're like this is about africa black people Whew. yeah i'm doing work by uh watching the lion king remake i'm being an ally i'm being kind of yeah i mean it's like they like i mean it doesn't look any different from that and call me crazy but for a company known for buying off journalists and Huh. Uh, maybe in the hopes of bashing one of their own, i.e. this movie, they might have uh, sent it on demand on purpose to kind of keep people from engaging with it in a theater or to um, have some of their paid writers start just talking shit on this movie and making a big stink about it because we're going to get into it. There is there's some digs. I think there's some legit fucking digs at old Walt and his uh, behemoth of evil. So I, I don't know. I mean, what do you think about that? Do you think like it's very possible that like there kind of, there could have been a hit job because there's almost like an unfinished quality to the movie. Like there is here. I it? I think okay. So I don't think f- full unadulterated final cut exists in a disney contract right like i don't i don't think it does but i think as much as it can exist as close as they do allow zemeckis has that Mm -hmm. that's what i think and what it looks like with this movie to me is basically they were like here's everything you have to do on paper some of it literally scripted, some of it, you know, the sequence is written out or storyboarded even already, maybe. Mm-hmm. But they're like, here's everything you have to do. Otherwise, as long as it's still a kid's movie, do whatever you want. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah. And it feels like before he saw that, he already said yes, mm-hmm. signed the contract. You know, he loves like he said the movie before he's yeah. He yeah. loves the original movie. Like yes. This is a guy who wrote Dumbo, someone uh, like lovingly watching Dumbo into 1941. Yeah. 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 So, 
I think that's what happened. And I think when he saw everything he had to do, he was like, well, all right, this is going to suck. Like this is, you know, not just a retread, but it's really tired and the new stuff is really lame and uninteresting. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to cram it in as hard as I can in every corner that I possibly can. And he's going to do a thing to me that maybe you don't agree, but, um, oh, my fucking brain. Oh, God damn it. What are their names? The wonderful, the wonderful, uh, Hoboken <laughs> thief characters. Who, oh, um, Mr. Or Honest John. Yeah. Honest John and whatever. The, his gay lover cat. Yeah. Yes. Not lover. That's a, that is a, uh, trapped sub. If that's I've a, ever seen Yeah. That's I a Chaston Buttigieg tweak. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's someone on an invisible horrific chain. Um, yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Bottoming <laughs> hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for whatever reason, to me anyway, those characters are the only ones animated in a beautiful, lifelike, like awe-inspiring way. Eyes, body, clothes, everything. I couldn't take my eyes off them. It was fucking crazy. And to me, nobody else in the movie is. Jamie told me how much you loved that and how much she disagreed with the way the fox looked. <laughs> Yes. I I was floored, really. I'm still thinking about it. I still haven't figured out what I think that means. But that's the one thing outside of the stuff we already said we wanted to talk about that I just had to bring up. Because to me, do you think so? I mean, they look so different to me from everything else in the movie. Everything else. I mean, there's no real... yeah they don't look like any other i mean the the fucking bird looks exactly like you would expect a disney bird to look and talk yep uh no they 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 stand out and they're clearly the most um i mean for not looking like real people they bring the most life almost Mm -hmm. to the movie because well and tom hanks does a little too because he is he mummy acting like he's in the community theater version playing Geppetto <laughs> and he's there's a fucked up quality to his portrayal like yeah. but they let his movements still be a little unreal yeah there's something very unnerving about his Geppetto like yeah. yeah and they really hammer home that he has a dead son in this one yeah yeah they even add a new song in there which people got really mad about but it's like Honestly, I thought it was nice, and I kind of liked that it just felt like a person singing it instead of, like, when the Blue Fairy does her wish. I hated that song. Hated it. Truly hated it. It was just like... how it was recorded. Yeah. Deeply. It sounded like... I don't know how that's the final version of that recording. I I made a note. It seemed like she's singing with no... She's probably singing a cappella because the way she's doing these dumb like R&B inflections to jazz it up a bit, like don't match the music playing. Yes, it feels unfair because that person, yeah. I don't know who that is, but that person can yeah. obviously sing. Yeah, Like sure. has a great voice. Yeah. But it feels like, and again, maybe, you know, Zemeckis can be a spiteful bitch. That is a thing I've definitely learned mm-hmm. in And it's, you know, it's pretty mean if so, but... I wouldn't put it past him to not let performers know what else was going to be happening in these scenes. So maybe he was like, yeah, let's do it a cappella. That's how it's going to be. 
it does feel like he kind of set out to secretly probably only known to himself make i mean he probably saw just how little control he was going to have and was like listen i have to stay making movies i have to keep you know my craft going so i can make another movie that isn't going to be this um and he just gets in there and just really tosses some shit around i mean the uh yeah. the opening well, scene like we we talked about with our guest coming up um with all the cuckoo clocks mm-hmm. um and geppetto awesome. this, and geppetto played by tom hanks who did play walt disney at one point guarding all of his ornate cuckoo clocks um and some of them are filled with disney characters one is filmed with a very particular character who is owned by disney was not created by disney um and that is roger rabbit being kissed by jessica rabbit and that is kind of the one only like sweet image of the things coming out you get woody tom hanks I haven't broken down what these all could possibly mean, but like, yeah, I, it feels crass though. That moment feels really deeply unpleasant. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. like, yeah. And then He's everything else—so fucking mad. <laughs> I know, and yeah. everything else are kind of like weird. Fucking like a kid being spanked, a drunk. Well, uh, but that's from that's from the original. There's a kid being spanked in the original. Oh, and it cries like, and because it's if I'm remembering correctly, I'll have to check. But it's the like, there's the drunk with the X thing, and then it cuts to the mom spanking the kid because it's really disturbing because the kid's going wah wah while the dude's drinking, like pulling oh, back. The drink. That's from the original. I kind of remember that now. I haven't seen yeah. that about the kid, but oh, um, that for sure is because that shit haunted me when I was little. <laughs> interesting. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, or they're all Disney characters, like, in their moments of dying. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's very interesting. Um, yeah, I do think he's trying to get, I mean, he can't be, maybe he did say some, do some things that were more outlandishly anti-Disney, and they, that's, they might have chopped that out. I mean, I'm sure he can't talk about what has been cut out of the movie. Yeah. And I'm sure they that the NBA, so <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. And they meddled with it clearly. It feels like he had I mean, it does feel like it was probably hacked apart because you can see there's a Zemeckis movie yearning to come out of this movie. And that's yeah, why it's, why in, kept... it's in the shit. It's in the shit smelling scene. Yeah, where Pinocchio uh sees a big pile of shit and he's like, I can't wait to learn about all this in school. And then smells uh, it deeply. Could he be saying something about Disney and their property? Huh. It seems that's, pretty that's obvious. So it seems pretty obvious to me. Yes, you you make one of their most legendary characters in history stop not to smell the roses. No, but you take that idea of him going into the world for the first time, and he's like, "Wow." Look at all the possibilities of this amazing world. What's that? I'm going to almost stick my nose in a pile of shit and enjoy it. And there are flowers blooming everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. In fact, it looks quite beautiful. Like the way he yeah. captures that town. Like it's just a- intentionally flat when it comes to vegetation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he could, sniff, he could sniff any of this. He chooses to go for the, uh, the fresh pile of horse shit, which is... <laughs> you can it is for sure a disney dig it is a child being like i can't wait to learn more about these shitty disney movies this is 
this is great. I mean, he is like Forrest Gump in many ways. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. It is definitely one of the many now in the Forrest Gump deck of Zemeckis. Uh huh. Pinocchio firmly belongs in the like buffoon deck. He seems dumber than I remember him being in the cartoon. I mean, he's pretty. It's pretty comparable. Okay. Well, there's just something about like his naivete. Like, it is very well, hard to like. I think it's just a little darker. It's darker. Yeah. Well, because yeah. I think my guess too is that whoever down the line decided to remove the coolest and most harrowing thing about Pinocchio, which is the you know the asses, of course, the donkeys, yeah. the boys smoking cigs or cigars, and turning into donkeys, and that truly harrowing sequence in the original. However, that decided to get removed. Um, whether it was Zemeckis's choice or I assume Disney's choice because parents don't like that stuff anymore. For sure, um, Disney's And they choice. definitely would not allow any smoking and any of their things anymore because you have to go to the adult section on Disney Plus to see something with cigarettes in it. Well, they changed um, their posters famously. I, I forget which one, but they've like completely altered. Oh, things. yeah, no smoking. Yeah. So my guess is when they told Zemeckis that, because imagine what Zemeckis also does with that sequence. Holy shit. Holy the guy shit. who gave us smoking, drinking, like, and drugging would yes. go to town on that scene. And the way he would have shot, I bet he would have done like some fucking color of money shit, the way he shot that pool sequence. <laughs> and like when the, my, one of my favorite parts in the original, when Pinocchio's cue goes underneath the felt. Yeah. And it's so scary and the cigar smashes. Like uh -huh. imagine what Zemeckis was going to do with that. And I bet that was one of his things he was most excited about. So my thought was when he found out that's one of the things being axed he was like well i'm truly gonna make this kid dark and fucking stupid then because the tone like i don't know if he's much he's much more stupid or clueless or naive but the way in which he is feels a little nastier <laughs> yeah because that scene well all right so pleasure island i mean it's you know obviously it's probably always felt this way but Damn, does that feel like some pedo island <laughs> shit? And like, very much intentionally so. Like clearly. Because again, I bet Zemeckis was like, okay, if you won't let me show what kids still do to figure out when they've gone too far, guess what? I'm gonna make Epstein Island. So have fun. It is Epstein Island. It is. Which yeah. Weirdly feels a lot like Disneyland. Hmm. So much so that there is a ride called Sugar Mountain, not Space Mountain, not Magic Mountain, Sugar Mountain. And there is vibes of it's a small world. I This is the most obvious one to me that is like he is digging at Disney here. Yep. And I think he also did similar to what we talked about in the last episode doing that. MPAA game with Disney where I bet he put some truly on the nose and um, really upsetting stuff in the cut he first sent to them so they would miss this stuff. Yes, I was thinking that too. And maybe we'll he back. put maybe he put in maybe maybe there was a scene where Geppetto tries to kill himself with a belt in a in a cell. Like he gets thrown in the drunk tank and tries to kill himself with a belt and it doesn't work. <laughs> That would be awesome. That was his Epstein dig. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past the guy. I really wouldn't. 
because this scene, this scene, I mean, so it's not as harrowing as the original. Sorry, it's not. No, it's not. A, it's not even harrowing. I don't think yeah, it's really it's not harrowing. An idea and like what yeah. it makes you think of. Its execution right. is not at all because they clearly wouldn't let him. Yeah, it's just funny that this island represents seems to very much represent Disneyland so much so that there is an underground catacomb. Now they those do exist at Disney. I'm not saying that kids get massacred under there. They probably no. do, but they they get they turned get into adrenochrome. But I think. Um, <laughs> But what he's kind of getting at, and he's again like um, Christmas Carol, he's using the material that's already there to do this, and that kind of shields him a little bit. Is mm-hmm. that he is, uh, yeah, this land turns little kids into jackasses that kind of become unwitting uh, proponents of it. So, hmm, interesting. A little on the nose there, Bob. It's, it's, I don't know, it's so interesting. And I'm on also the growing <laughs> nose. <laughs> Which he also to see his nose get stuck in holes. It's very uncomfortably sexual. This movie. Uh-huh. He gets his, he gets his little he gets his hard ass nose stuck in some fucking hole. Hey, we've all been there. But it's, it's really like it's pretty unpleasant. Um, <laughs> I mean, the third a- time it happens, I was just like, oh, he got it stuck in another hole. Yeah, he really can't keep it out of holes. Um. <laughs> It's God, I'm kind of liking it more now. Shit. Um, I mean, much like the, much like the boys of Beowulf, he just can't keep it in his pants. So let's okay, we'll wrap it up here. So the end of the movie is kind of. I do not want to go down this the road we're going down. So we're gonna wrap it up now. So um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get lost for hours if we do. So yes, and we have another one to do. So at the end of the movie it very much wraps up so quickly like this is where i'm getting this is where i'm getting at with this unfinished thing because a lot of the movie and a lot of the way the schematics of like the towns and the outdoors feel it feels like it was going to be 3d that mm-hmm. it was designed for 3d execs caught a look at this movie said nope and because this was supposed to be a theatrical movie, I mean, it has all the trappings of it, but it got shoved onto on demand. And it's not that Disney wasn't putting movies in theaters post pandemic at this point; they were. No, and uh, I mean, this was only a month really, ago. They were like, "Even we can't pump more money into this." Yeah, because he's smart, and he again, like I said, I think with his clout, is able to get as close as possible to a final cut um or at least i guess more than final cut it should more be said he's allowed to finish a movie before people come in to change it um you know yes exactly yeah, that's what it feels like because it feels but it feels like to me he basically finished his rough draft is my guess mm-hmm. where the stuff you're talking about is not fully fleshed is not fully rounded out and whether 3d or otherwise it's not fully finished. And he turned in that and they were like, perfect. We love it. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. And then two weeks later, it was on Disney Plus, <laughs> like in that form. <laughs> yeah. Because you know, maybe everyone was supposed to look like um, Honest John and it's his possible. poor little slave. It's you know, possible. maybe they were all supposed to look that good. I don't think so, but maybe they maybe. were. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even the cat, that cat is the worst CGI cat in any movie history. 
Oh, and the goldfish. And also these characters just feel like they're there as like signposts. They don't feel integrated into the movie like they did. Oh, in the they're, oh they're they're vital in the original. Yeah. yeah, it's really weird. I did, however, really enjoy on the second watching of it, watching uh Geppetto use Pinocchio to power wash his floors. And fun. then the, yeah, because this is like the only through line is how fast his feet go. Because it's like he's power washing the floors, and then suddenly he's like footworking so hard on the Stromboli stage that he starts a fire. Yeah. Do you uh, think that was that was since Zemeckis always has to get in one Chicago love thing? <laughs> he was like, "All right, this time no one's gonna see it coming, but it's footwork." <laughs> he sat down in the editing bay, pulled the Tech Life hat down. <laughs> was like, "Let's cook." He was just watching. He was just watching the the Michael Myers uh, meets Footwork video over and over, and he kept showing it to the animators, and they were like, "Please, Bob, can we?" And he's like, "No, make it happen." It's like in honor of DJ Rashad, I need <laughs> Pinocchio to juke hard right now. Please, please, I assume you did as I did, but did you download this or did you watch it like stream it? I streamed it <laughs> okay cool well i'm just saying we need to let's chop this puppy up with some footwork let's have some fun <laughs> so we can that'll be the first time we post entertaining content on our instagram and twitter that is not um just promotion for something let's make this the first and only thing we do it's just this is a magazine pinocchio it's going gonna look like comedy that came out in 2013 <laughs> uh, yep. yeah i like it all right. Well, I, I think mean, my it. final things I just yeah. wanted to mention the joke earlier, but it's real. Lorraine Bracco is a part of this movie, which we're always happy for. Um, but also, originally, this was supposed to be Sam Mendes. And I just, even, even in the form that we got it and how upset all of you seem to be, um, hopefully a little less so after listening to this. Um, but, but just imagine. <laughs> <laughs> just imagine like you know uh pinocchio on the revolutionary road for me and <laughs> just imagine that the awful like because he would have look i had my moment with sam mendez as a youngster for sure american beauty meant a lot to me sure. when i was when i was a little one and you know it still does in many ways whatever you love kevin spacey jerking it in that shower we all know that I love it. I love when he drives the race car. I love the. I love that smoking weed is called watching Reanimator. That truly really is sick. That's still sick. <laughs> you know. Hey, to, to shout out Kevin Spacey. You, you beat your charges recently. We've always he believed. Oh, he beat the charges. I didn't well, even know. That's so fucked. There's a problem with Spacey and the people that are going to accuse him. They wind up dying. It's very um, odd that that happens, but I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. It's almost like he's friends with fucking Brian Singer and his cabal. Mm. Whatever. That's for another episode. We'll get anyway. to we'll get to gay sex rape ring <laughs> Hollywood before you know it. But uh, Ryan Murphy, we're sending you an invite. You can come defend yourself, or we can help take you down, motherfucker. We got we got proof in your material. Up. Yeah, yeah. We all saw Hollywood, or at least the first episode. Oh, I know anyway, what's happening. Anyway, let's just be grateful Sam and Des didn't direct Pinocchio is what I'm trying to say. That we're very grateful for that. I mean, honestly, Zemeckis probably been wanting to do this for his whole life. It kind of feels like he's getting to culminate like his love of Disney. I mean, 
This is the but third he, time. But he was put- reminded before he even got to actually show his love why that love is so foolish. You know what? Yeah. Mecca's had his moment realizing we can all be Forrest Gump in the wrong headspace. Zemeckis acted like Forrest Gump and many other characters we're still going to talk about when he thought he could do something loving and genuine in the world of Disney. So, I, you know what? That's, what? that's where we're in. <laughs> yeah, this is, yeah. It's third so, time's the charm. You got him in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. You get that little wooden boy. You get him briefly in Polar. And now here he is. And he is now the stand-in for all of us trying to make sense of this Disney-fied world. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I think I just gave that movie more gravitas than it may even have. Maybe it does. I don't know. Maybe I it mean, does. We'll I guess that's where we're at. Maybe, maybe it does is our collective. When Oscar Bates starts a letterbox and we do only conjoined reviews, because as we learned together, we are autism. We are autism. Uh, when we do that, our collective review for this movie, for Pinocchio, is that. (laughs) I love it. Well, folks, that's a good place to end it. Um, Stay tuned. The following one will probably come up quicker because there's a reason we have to get these out. (laughs) It's not our tardiness this time. There is... Hey, if you... Listen, here's a little... We're going to give a bigger hint on this one because if you made it to the end of the mocap episode, you deserve a little Easter egg. Yeah. We're working on something big, people. Drew. V big. If you're peel if you're feeling if you're feeling your P's or your V's or your everything in between tingling. It's for a reason. It's because this is about to take on another life. Yep. So um take that for what you will. Do not call it out to us at highs and lows shows. Because we won't answer. We will not answer. I'm sure we'll get drunk and one of us will for- make a little reference. One but... of us. Don't say one of us. You know who it is, bitch. It ain't me. <laughs> one of us. <laughs> I <laughs> I just love I love our fans, you know? I just want them to... I want to give them... You just can't, you can't... If someone's excited about something, you have to tell them everything. You can't help it. That's okay. I do. It's, I not, get... bad, it's not a bad quality. I get it's, it's, you have much more... You're softer than you like to admit. That's what it is. On that note, we're getting off. No one can know the real me. I will (laughs) see you next time. Bye, friend. Bye.